Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where we are talking about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com. Also, you can check out my work on the AA South on Prospects 1500. Also cover the Birmingham Barons for Southside Sox and college baseball for College Baseball Daily. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. Getting really close to 500 followers there. And that's where you can be part of the show. Send in your questions, feedbacks, comments, whatever. Let me know at LockedOn underscore Braves. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. We did get over 500 subscribers there, so really do appreciate all the support on that channel. Also, a great place to communicate and be part of the show down in the comments sections there. And if you are listening to the podcast, make sure you subscribe there as well. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Braves your first listen each and every day. Right now, posting episodes three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the lockout. But once things get going, we'll be back to five days a week. So plenty of Atlanta Braves coverage out there for you to listen to daily. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I hope you all had a great Super Bowl weekend. What an exciting game to finish off the NFL season. And wish I could say that baseball season is next, but we are still in a lockout and don't really know when the baseball season's going to start. Although I'll tell you, as a college baseball fan, that season, at least at the Division I level, is starting this weekend. So I couldn't be more excited for that. If you're if you're a prospects person as well, and really if you're a baseball fan, you should really love college baseball. I mean, the passion in college baseball is just uh, amazing. So I'm a huge college baseball fan, so I'm so excited for that to get started this coming up weekend. A lot of great games there, a lot of great talent to watch that'll be flowing into Major League Baseball in the coming years. But on today's episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be taking some more of your questions, actually. So we had some carryover from Friday that I told you I was going to get to on Monday. So we're going to get to those questions today. We're going to talk about Dansby Swanson, whether or not he's going to have a breakout season. We're also going to talk about who bats leadoff if Ronald Acuna Jr. is not ready to go or misses some time. Um, we're also going to talk about the latest CBA proposal from the owners and where things stand right now and kind of looking at a soft deadline for when things need to happen in order for the regular season to start on time. So a lot to get into on this Valentine's Day Monday podcast of Locked On Braves. Let's start with our first question here, which comes from True to Atlanta, ATL underscore the underscore MVP on Twitter, who said, do you think Dansby Swanson will really break out this year? And look, if you listen to me on here, you know I'm a huge fan of, of Dansby Swanson. I know the 
fan base can be kind of split on him. I know the previous host of this podcast was not the biggest Dansby Swanson fan. I I love Dansby Swanson. I think he is a very solid shortstop. Maybe not top 10, but I think you could definitely put him in top 15 in the league. Um, I, I think he's very good. Clearly, you can win a World Series with him, as the Braves just did. I think he is a, a leader, a strong clubhouse guy. I think he plays a solid defense at shortstop as well. The offense has not been what maybe we thought it would be. Um, but still, I mean, 20-plus home run hitter, I mean, that's still pretty solid. You know, sixth, seventh, maybe sometimes fifth bat in your lineup. But talking about whether or not Dansby's going to break out in 2022 I think that I think that comes down to what you consider to be a breakout for Dansby Swanson uh, initially coming up you know I, again I told you I'm a college um, you know reporter uh, I covered the college game so I watched Dansby a lot at Vanderbilt and I loved his game then but I didn't think he was the number one overall pick I thought he would be a good solid everyday major leaguer and he is um, and, and I believe he is but I thought initially Dansby would hit 270, 280, you know, 15 to 20 home runs, maybe 15 to 20 stolen bases, and be, you know, 780 OPS player. That's really always been the type of hitter I thought he would be. You know, being drafted number one overall, I know when the Braves traded for him, and, and he came up hot, and everybody's thinking, you know, here we go with a, you know, perennial all star type player that could hit 280, 300. And, you know, that's never really necessarily what I thought he would be. In his career, he's slashing 249, 319, 409, you know, anywhere between 15 to 25 home run power. I know he hit more than that last year, but that's really been kind of the range for his home run power. You know, outside of his first stint in Atlanta in, in 2016, which just consisted of 38 games, only once has he hit higher than 251 in a season and had an OPS over 260, and that came in the 2020 shortened season. So, you know, over a full season, we've really never seen him reach that potential that we thought he could get to. Um, he's really never gotten his averages numbers to what I thought they could be. You know, more of a 270, 280 hitter, you know, 775, 780 OPS type player. We've seen him just hover around being, you know, an average hitter, uh, an average player. We've never really seen him get to that above average ceiling that I think he can be, I, I thought he could be when he came up. So, you know, the question is, is a breakout season on the plate for Dansby Swanson in 2022? And, you know, for me, a breakout season for Dansby would be 270, 20 to 25 home runs, a 335 on base percentage, and an OPS, like I said, 770, 780. Again, maybe not the all-star level numbers that a lot of fans were hoping for when the Braves traded for him and when he first came up, but again, that's still a really good player. <laughs> I mean, and when you take into the fact, I think he's a very good defender. I know that the numbers aren't always great to him, but I think he's a very, very solid defensively. So, that, that to me, would constitute a breakout season for Dansby Swanson. It's really just the averages that we're looking at. The average, the on-bay percentage, the OPS. You know, those are the numbers I'm looking at. He, he's shown the power. You know, he's somewhat shown the speed. I think he could 
still a little bit more, but you know he's gotten in a double digit several times now. Uh, I'd like to see him do a little bit more of that. But it's really the averages we're talking about, the, the batting average, the on-base percentage, the OPS. Those are numbers we're looking to increase this year. Now, do I think that would happen? I, I certainly think he's capable. You know, Nothing in his StatCast numbers really indicate a, a breakout is coming. In fact, if you look at his StatCast numbers, they're, they're really all over the place. You know, he, he does have great, or he doesn't have great average exit velocity numbers, but his hard hit percentage is above average. His barrel percentage is good as well. He doesn't chase a lot, but yet his whip percentage, K percentage, and walk percentage are all below average. So, you know, just looking at his StatCast page, it doesn't really make sense <laughs> with Dansby Swanson. You know, and again, those numbers don't indicate a player that's about to break out. If he's going to break out, it's going to take an adjustment for him at the plate. There's things he's going to have to change. The game plan he's had previous years speak to the hitter that he is. And really, like I said, it's a it's a stat cast page that you look at. It's all over the place. And that's kind of what his numbers have been. You know, he'll have hot streaks and cold streaks, and he just ends up in the middle somewhere. So he's going to have to make adjustments in order to reach that ceiling that I think he can hit. Um, the obvious adjustment for me is lowering his K percentage and raising his walk percentage. That's obviously going to do wonders for anybody who can do that. But last year, his K percentage was 25.6% and his walk percentage was just 8%. You know, if he could go back to just his 2019 numbers where his K percentage was 22.8 and his walk percentage was 9.4 and he continues to consistently put the barrel on the baseball I think you're going to see those averages go up. I think that can, you know, get him up into 260, you know, close to 270 in that OPS more in the 770 range just by doing that. And, you know, it's almost like he sold out last year for the power, and he got to it, to his credit. Um, you know, again, hitting 25-plus home runs, I mean, that that's certainly great power. But it's like he just sold out on the fastballs, and he hit 17 home runs off fastballs, so... You know, the majority of his home runs coming on that pitch, but he also just hit 254 against heaters. And that's the lowest total he's hit against fastball since 2017, which was his worst season in the big league. So for me, it's really just an approach thing with Dansby. He's going to have to change it up if he's going to have a breakout season, that, like I talked about. I think a lot of times he's just going up there guessing uh, and really just hunting a fastball and going all out on it instead of, you know, having a, a game plan, you know, trying to think along with the pitcher and be able to adjust and to read and adjust, which is one of the hardest things to do in all of sports. I understand that. But I, to me, it just seems he, he lacks a, a game plan going up to the plate and he has a one-tracked mind going up there and he's not able to change that plan in the box once the count goes on. Um, so I really think it's it's just that for him. He's going to have to change his approach, um, become more of a line drive hitter. His line drive percentage was way down this past year. I think it was around 19%. So uh, um, he's going to have to change things up if he's going to hit that ceiling. Do I think he's capable of it? Yes. Nothing tells us that that's going to happen, that a, a change or that a breakout is coming. But in the end, I, I do think we see a bit of a breakout. I think he is more of a you know, 260, 270 hitter this year. Uh, again, he's he's pretty much in a contract season. season. And Dansby, you know, 
one thing we have seen over the years is that he thrives under pressure. So this whole season is going to be pressure for him to try to prove to the Braves and if not the Braves, other teams out there that he is, you know, a franchise player at shortstop. So, so again, I, I think he does get there. Again, I think he's 260, 270, 320, 330 on base, 20 to 25 home runs, 10 to 15 stolen bases, 775 OPS. So, again, maybe not all-star level, but for him, you know, I think he he does have a bit of a breakout and gets more closer to those numbers I thought he could hit and be when he first came up with the Braves. So looking forward to seeing what Dansby Swanson can do in 2022. Again, really rooting for the guy. I, I love watching him play. I, I want him to be a part of this team in the future. I uh, just really love what he brings for the team, uh, for the city, and I just I'm a big fan of Dansby Swanson. I mean that we all as fans get caught into just liking certain players. You know I'm. One of those out there, I, I just love Dansby Swanson. I think he's a, a good kid, a good player. I want to see him succeed. So hopefully he does have that breakout in 2022. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All Built Bars, in fact, are covered in 100% real chocolate, including those puffs. Low-calorie, high-protein, replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from 200 to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb. Most Built Bars contain 100 30 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream, which is delicious. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers without access to rockauto.com at home where you can do that yourself. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over a hundred for 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And please do us a favor and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? We know that we sent you. Really helps out the show. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, taking a couple of more questions here. This one coming from VT Murdoch says If Acuna is not ready to start the season, who should bat leadoff? And this is a great question, and it's one that honestly doesn't have an answer right now. Um, you know, obviously the roster is incomplete, and you look at the rest of the roster, and there's just. 
and not a leadoff hitter on there. I mean, the Rays had Jorge Soler there in the postseason, and I just it's hard for me to see them bringing him back right now with Marcelo Zuna on the roster. Um, plus, I think the Braves need a, another left-handed hitter if they're going to get anybody, you know, outside of hopefully Freddie Freeman. You know, the two most likely candidates um, are Ozzy Albies and Dansby Swanson. I hate both of those <laughs> options, honestly. Neither one of them give you really good at-bats to start off a game, which is why I just don't think they're leadoff hitters. In fact, I don't ever want to see Ozzy really hit above the three-hole again. I don't want to see him in the one or two spot, you know, ever again. I think that's been proven. That's not where he succeeds. He needs to hit lower in the lineup, you know, fifth or sixth. Maybe you put him up there when a lefty is on the mound. You know, that's certainly a possibility. Um, but other than that, I want to see Ozzy hitting down in the lineup. Same with Dansby. He should be batting, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh in the order. So to me, those aren't really great options, and there's just really not a great option right now. I think if the Braves, you know, re-sign Freddie Freeman, which I think they will, you know, I would I would toy with him batting leadoff. I think he's probably the best fit for it in terms of somebody who can provide pop at the top right out of the gate, somebody who's going to give you a good at bat uh, right out of the gate. Um, the only thing he doesn't really bring is speed. But, eh, well, Freddie may, Freddie may argue that. He thinks he's, he's pretty fast on the base pass, and he is a very good base runner. But, um, you know, I think Freddie would be the best option, but he's not currently on the roster. If we're talking about players currently on the roster, I just don't really see a great option. Um, but, again, if they sign Freddie, I mean, you go Freddie – you know, Riley, Ozuna, Travis, Ozzy, Dansby, um, you know, I think that could work. The only problem with that is you put your only true left-handed hitter at the top of the lineup and you stack, you know, nothing but righties behind them. But, hey, you do what you got to do with the, the roster that you have. You put your best batters up there, you know, right or left, whatever it may be. Um, but, again, it's tough. You know, ideally, they sign another outfielder who can also be a leadoff candidate for me, preferably a, a left-handed hitter, um, or even more ideally, Ronald is ready to go from the start. I, I know that's certainly what I'm hoping for. I don't want them to rush him by any means, but uh, would be great if he's ready to go from the jump because he is the the perfect leadoff hitter and really the the only leadoff hitter that I see uh, on the Braves roster right now. So a great question from BT there. Let me know your thoughts. Who do you think should bat? Just looking at the roster right now. And, you know, and assuming Ronald won't be healthy to start the year, who would you put leadoff for the Braves? Uh, another question from BT who says, my coworker is worried about MLB The Show, the game. How will the lockout affect MLB The Show? So, you know, I'm an, also an avid lover of MLB The Show myself. I started playing it during the pandemic in 2020, and it is a lot of fun to play. Thankfully, the lockout will not affect the release of the game. From what I understand, the game already has the rights to these players and it's not relegated by the collective bargaining agreement. So it will be released and it's set to release on April 4th, I believe. Uh, so that should not change. Shohei Otani is on the cover. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. I can't wait for that game to come out. And then the final question here comes from Steve Lamb, who says, What is your favorite quirky Brave stat? For example, Chipper Jones batted 303 left handed and 304 right handed. Um, best, uh, maybe, maybe name one Braves one and one non Braves one. So 
Uh, a really good question, a good fun question from Steve. I'm probably going to need more time to research that. I don't have one off the top of my head as far as a quirky stat. Um, and this really isn't even a stat, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot and really a lot since the World Series ended. And that's the fact that to win a World Series, the Braves had to be the best starting rotation in baseball with the best closer in all of baseball in the Milwaukee Brewers. Then they had to beat the team with the best overall pitching ERA in baseball and a team that was also top five in runs scored in the Dodgers. Then they had to beat the best offense in all of baseball in terms of runs scored in average. That has to be the hardest path ever to, to win a World Series. Um, now, I get every team in the playoffs is good, and they're most likely going to be at the top of those stats. But, I mean, these were the best of the best, and the Braves had to go through all of them to win a World Series. Never even faced an elimination game against these teams. So, don't ever try to let anyone tell you that the 2020 World Series was a fluke. The Braves had to earn that World Series, had to go through that death row of teams there that were the best of the best. I mean, you had the best pitching staff in baseball, you had the best offense in baseball, and then you had the team in the Dodgers who were probably the best overall you know, rounded team in baseball, and the Braves took all of them down. So, uh, you know, again, that's just kind of incredible to me, the, the teams the Braves had to go through to win that World Series. Not necessarily a, a stat, but something I've just that's been on my mind, again, since the World Series ended. Um, but what are some of your favorite quirky stats in baseball? Uh, let me know. Let me know in the comment section on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance prompts to where their next coach fire is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best football spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so hopefully my voice will will hold out here. I want to get through the latest offers from owners. Uh, they did the owners did make their proposal on Saturday, as I talked about on the Friday podcast, and honestly, it was another offer that didn't really move the needle. Um, and both sides been going back and forth like this, you know, in the last couple of offers. Neither one of them really moving the needle much at all. You know, I had some optimism. From Rob Manfred's comments on Thursday, but uh, it was just another, you know, small marginal move by the owners here. They made a couple of proposals for raising the minimum salary for pre-arb players. One was to raise it to 630 million and allow teams to still go over that amount. So, you know, right now, even with pre-arb players, there is a minimum, but a lot of teams really choose to give players a little bit more. Uh, than that minimum. So this would still allow teams to do that, and it would also raise the minimum to $630,000. Um, another was to set a tiered salary that goes from six fifteen for zero to one year, $650,000 for one to two years, and $725,000 for two to three years. But this would be a set salary. Teams would not be allowed to go over that amount. 
The major increase here would be for players with two to three years of service time. It was previously 700000 and obviously this would go to 725000 So probably not a good proposal for the players because a lot of players don't reach that two to three years of service time. So I wouldn't really think they would go for that one. But the minimum, at least going up to 630 is some improvement. I think the players are still at like 775000 So still a major gap there. Again, I keep talking about just minimal increases on both sides here. The owners uh, proposed raising the luxury tax to $222 million by the end of the 2026 season. The players' last proposal was at $245 million. Again, still very far off here. But this is one I don't I don't get, and maybe you can help explain it to me. I don't get why this is such a big deal for either side, really, but especially the players. The the luxury tax threshold applies to four or five teams. I mean, a handful of teams really even get close or go over the luxury tax threshold. And you know, players seem to think that this this luxury tax threshold is holding teams back from spending money <laughs> again. You know, maybe those four or five teams at the top, but if you raise it, those teams are just going to continue to spend money and try to build super teams, and it's just going to hurt the small market teams. So I don't understand this from the player's perspective. Maybe some of you can help me out with this one. I, I think it would be more beneficial to to focus on setting a salary floor for teams to prevent some of these teams from spending way too little, like 50 to 70 million. You have teams doing that. I think that would be more beneficial in trying to get teams to spend more money. If you just raise the luxury tax tax threshold, you're going to have the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Mets, whoever, just continue to spend, 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 and it's not really going to help out the smaller market teams. And, again, that's only really affecting a handful of teams out there. So I, I don't understand this one. Um, you know, maybe, maybe somebody out there can can help explain it to me why the players are so – bent on getting this raise I, I don't I don't really get that but the other main talking point is the pre-arb pool of money uh, which the owners are offered to make around 15 million I believe the players last proposal was around 95 to 100 million again still very far off from what the two sides want and you know that's really where it comes down to one side is going to have to make major concessions here in order to reach that middle point and it's most likely going to have to be the players i mean the more more pressure is on them they don't play they don't get paid obviously the owners want to make money and they can only make money with the players playing but there is still more pressure on the players here the owners know that but somebody's going to have to get in uh, or going to have to give in and start making some marginal gains with these proposals what was also um very curious to me, or not curious, but just um, very, uh, I don't know, big to me is that the owner sent over a calendar with dates that need to be hit in order to start the season on time. And we haven't been given the specifics of that calendar, but we, knew to, we do know from Rob, Rob Manfred's press conference that they said they would need four weeks of spring training and a week to get ready for spring training. So five weeks total once a an agreement is made. So you know, if that's the case, they really need to reach a deal by next Monday, February the 20, 21st, uh, which doesn't seem very likely right now, unless the two sides are actually going to sit down in a room all day long and negotiate until they hammer this out. I think if a deal isn't done by February 25th, certainly the end of February, 
then we got to start thinking about delaying the regular season, which is unfortunate because that is coming up really quickly and we still seem very far apart from getting a deal done. But if, if they're going to start this regular season on time, a deal really has to get done by then because, again, I think you need at least four weeks of spring training for starting pitchers to get stretched out. You really need a week or two of the offseason just to finish, which you can do some of that while spring training is going on. So, uh, again, if a deal's not done by the end of next week, I think you have to start having discussions about delaying the regular season, which is, is sad if it comes to that, but that's where we are at this point in the CBA negotiations. But that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you subscribe to us on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 